What is up? What is up? Welcome to another episode of Blood and Beer, the show where we drink beer and we talk blood sport. Once again, I'm your host, Matt, and uh, today we're going to be talking, we got a lot to talk about, actually. There's a couple cards that are going to be on. Uh, we got BKFC, we got UFC, we got Bellator, and then we'll also be talking other MMA news going on and upcoming fights or potential fights that are going on. People talking shit, you know how it goes. We're going to jump right into this. Today's beer is, might be tough to see, Galactic Heroes, made by Homestead Brewing Company. I know nothing about it. Found it at a gas station in Newark, which is on my way home from work. So we'll jump right into this beer, and then we'll get started on the show. And also, this is going to be the first show that goes straight to Spotify as well as YouTube. So check me out there as well if you don't want to see my ugly mug. This is an IPA, of course, just like all the rest have been thus far, except for the Iron Maiden Hellcat. That was an IPL, Indian Pale Lager, but this is an Indian Pale Ale. So uh, we'll try it out, talk about it, and then we'll get started right on the fucking, right on the combat sports, blood sports. You know how it goes. pretty good not a lot of flavor on it um, definitely a drinkable beer it's pretty strong 7.2 not again not in that blackout range but that's a good thing because you know we got jobs and shit I give it a 6 out of 10 by the way 6 out of 10 alright so like I said we got BKFC, Bare Knuckle Fight Club, Bellator, and UFC coming up this weekend. We'll start with Bare Knuckle Fight Club. And that that's the perfect show to perfect fight card to start this show off with, because that show's just about blood sport. I mean it's been it's been fun so far watching BKFC. It's kinda gimmicky like WWE um, gives me a little white trash vibe to it. They got I don't know. I like the way it's run. It's a little trashy. It's a little it's a little staged it seems, but it's fun to watch, man. Um this weekend's card we have Mike Perry versus Julian Let Me Bang Lane. Um if you if you watch the Ultimate Fighter growing up like I did, he's the guy that got really drunk and was just Let me bang, bro. Let me bang. He's he's a funny guy. Um, wasn't a great MMA fighter, but in bare knuckle, he's been doing pretty good. He's fighting Mike Platinum Perry, who was a great MMA fighter. He was kind of 50-50, I think, in the UFC, but he goes out there and puts on a war. He takes damage, he gives damage, and does, he just doesn't give a fuck. Um, and him and Julian Lane had actually gotten in a fight at a BKFC event while Mike Perry was commentating it, and... Uh, Perry walked over to him after Julian Lane started talking shit, and they just started throwing hands. So, set up a pretty good, uh, pretty good lead up to this fight. You could probably find the video on YouTube somewhere where they, uh, where they throw hands. 
and this is Perry's first fight for BKFC, but it's not his first fight in this kind of rule set. Um, if you watched the triad event, he fought, I forget the guy's name, but he was a professional boxer, and it was a similar rule set except not bare knuckle where you can clinch and throw punches, um, but they had they had a, like Muay Thai style gloves on, I think it was, and Perry won the fight against a pro boxer, so it was fun to watch. Um, Julian Lane, he's been doing his thing in the BKFC, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun fight. And then also on that card, we have Chad Mendez. He's making his debut. Uh, who's he fighting? A guy named Fames. Um, I don't know the guy that he's fighting. Bare Knuckles doesn't have a lot of big names, um, but Chad Mendez, he he looked really good in the videos that I've seen of him training boxing. I don't know how the chin's going to hold up. He's been out of the game for a minute, so it might be rejuvenated. He might be old and go out quick. Who knows? Um, but Mendez is primarily a wrestler, so it'll be fun to see how he translates that to Bare Knuckle Fight Club if the chin holds up. And then just, you know, it's always fun to see these UFC guys compete in other leagues and see if they still got it because it's always after they after they or over the hill for the most part. Uh, Mendez says that he's making more than Francis Ngannou or the same amount as Francis Ngannou for this fight. Um, Ngannou made 600K plus his pay-per-view points, but we're just going to say 600K in his last fight against Gon. Um, and Mendez says he's getting that much. I don't see how because BKFC is like $5 a month and then it's $5 for their pay-per-views for the big ones. Um, so I don't know where they're getting that revenue unless they got a nice little bank loan, but it'll be uh it'll be fun to see and see if he actually makes that much money. So I'm excited for BKFC. That's gonna be on the app only. It's $4.99 to watch it. I don't think you have to have a subscription or anything. You just gotta pay the $4.99 and you'll have access to that. And that's uh I think that's this Saturday, the 19th. I want to say is this Saturday. But yeah, check it out and. Let me know your thoughts on that one, cause I'm I'm excited for it. There's a, there's some other bangers on there. Um, Britton Hart's fight, and she's the girl that beat Paige Van Zant in her bare knuckle fight club debut. Um, I think Palmino's fighting as the co-main event. He beat Hector Lombard in the last fight, so it's gonna be it'll be a uh, it, it's always fun to watch those. There's some crazy knockouts on BKFC some crazy post-fight shit that goes down because they'll just bring the next guy that's fighting into the ring and be like, yeah, square up with him. Fists start flying, people start talking shit. It's a blast. So we'll have to see how that one goes. But yeah, BKFC app, it's in the Apple Store and Android, Google Play, I think it is. And the fight, the app's free. The fight is $4.99. So check it out if you got time because it'll definitely be worth that much. Moving on, we have Bellator 274, I believe it is. Yeah, Bellator 274, because last one with Bader was 273. And really, I only got one fight to talk about on this card, because Bellator put some trash cans on it, it looked like. At least not people I'm aware of or have seen fight. And they do this from time to time. I just... With it being kind of a toss-up weekend with UFC only having a fight night, not a pay-per-view, bare knuckles on, but Bellator can definitely compete with that. I was expecting them to show out and put on some stars. Nah, 
So their main event's going to be Naaman Gracie versus Logan Staley, I think is his name. Let me double check that. Storley, not Staley, sorry. Logan Storley. Um, and Neiman Gracie, he's a Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, Gracie family. He's a he's a beast, but he has lost two fights. They've both been to studs. One of them was to uh, Josh Jackson, and I got the other one here. Hang on. Oh, Rory McDonald. So he not losing in those scrubs. He's 11-2, and jiu-jitsu ace. He's got pretty good striking. I think he got a TKO in his last fight with elbows. So be fun to see what he comes out and does. And then Storley, he's a, he seems like more of a striker just based on his record. And he he's beat some people. He's He lost a split decision versus, um, what's his name? I'm sorry, the champion at that weight class right now that's about to fight a Michael Benham Page, Yamaslav Arasov, I want to say. Yaroslav Amasov. I was close. I was close. Bellator doesn't market some of these champs too well, so you don't hear about them all that much. Um, this is a classic wrestling versus jiu-jitsu matchup. Um, while Storley can strike, he's that's where he does a lot of damage. He's a wrestler, and it's going to be fun to see how this one ends up. I'm picking Neiman, but... It could really go either way because styles make matchups, and if Storley's got better wrestling than Neiman's jiu-jitsu, then, or really than Neiman's wrestling, because if he can neutralize that jiu-jitsu by just pressuring him and keeping his head in his chest and throwing some of these dumb ground-and-pound shots, then he'll probably win a boring decision. I'd like to see Neiman get a nasty, nasty submission, though. That's on Showtime. And I think it's at 6 or 7 p.m. this Saturday. So check that one out if you got a Showtime subscription. It's it's gonna be gonna be pretty fun. And the rest of the card, even though they're trash cans, sometimes there's some wars in those fights. So that's just something we gotta wait and see what's gonna happen. I always tune in because you never know what's gonna happen. It's gonna happen, gonna happen, gonna happen. Alright. And then the UFC card, it's going to be Johnny Walker versus Jamal Hill. And uh, both are coming off losses. Johnny Walker had a pretty boring loss to Chago Santos just because it seemed like they respected each other too much, didn't want to hurt each other. I thought it could have gone either way. It was just not a fun matchup. And then uh, Jamal Hill, he got his arm broke by Paul Craig, or not broke, elbow dislocated by Paul Craig. If you watch the fight, his elbow bent the wrong way like this and it he didn't even tap like the ref had to stop it 40 minutes later they popped his elbow back in place he was good to go but the fight was called because it was a disgusting looking arm injury um and after the fight his arms hanging there like going both ways whatnot but they're both great fighters um johnny walker is wild and he can be calculated, like Jamal Hill actually brought this up, he's ready for the wild, and the, I think it was calculated, I don't remember what the word he used was, but wild and calculated side of Johnny Walker, because he'll come out there and he'll bang with you, and he'll also try to pick you apart if he can, but if not, he's going to go to that banging. Um, Jamal Hill is just well-rounded, he ran into a beast in Paul Craig, um, so it'll be a fun matchup. Jamal Hill is like a plus 210 favorite, I want to say. So 
We'll see what happens with it. I'm picking picking Jamal Hill. Could be Johnny Walker. Who the f knows? Who the f knows? Other fights on the card, though. We have uh, Kyle Dawkins versus Jamie Pickett. Jamie Pickett's a late replacement for Julian Marquez. Um, Kyle Dawkins is a good wrestler. His brother's Chris Dawkins, who just got knocked out by Derek Lewis. Um, Kyle, his last fight was a no contest against Kevin Holland, where he knocked him out with a headbutt and then proceeded to choke him out. But then they reviewed it and said, you know, that was a headbutt. He was out. And they overturned it to a no contest, I believe it was. So he's probably going to come out on fire. Pickett took the fight short notice. He's explosive, high energy, good fighter. I think he's won his last two fights in the UFC. He's been looking real good. So this is going to be a real explosive athletic guy against a real pragmatical guy in Chris Dawkins. And we'll have to see how it goes. I'm picking, I'm going to pick the upset in Jamie Pickett. But Dawkins could eat. Kyle Dawkins could easily um, just hold him down for three rounds, probably because Pickett hasn't been. He probably hasn't been through a full camp. I mean, this is like a week or a two week notice for him. So I don't know how it's gonna go. But I I'm thinking it's gonna be Dawkins. I'm actually I'm gonna pick Pickett because I like the explosiveness. I like the knockout chance. And the guy just really goes out there and puts on a show each time he fights. So pick it in that one. Um, another fight on the card, Parker Porter. It's like Peter Parker, but Parker Porter versus uh, Alan Bordeaux. And uh, Porter's a kind of a vet in the heavyweight division. He's never really gained his footing, but he's fought some studs. He's a big guy, like really big, really stout, huge legs. And he's fighting Bordeaux. Um, I don't know a whole lot about Bordeaux. He's a little green for looking at his record and everything. So I'm thinking that Parker Porter is going to put it on him with some experience. And if he lands some a couple nasty leg kicks in a row, this dude could stop fights with his leg kicks. He is, I mean, he's a tree trunk. It, it's nuts. Tune into the fight and you'll see what I'm talking about. Dude's massive. Um, and then we have Jim, the most fights in the UFC, Miller versus Nicholas Motto, Mata, Mata, yeah, um, Mata, he's, uh, he's fighting out of, I want to say it's Brazil because that's where a lot of his fights have been and he looked pretty good down there. He's, he's a solid fighter. Jim Miller's a gatekeeper that keeps fighting these guys that are pretty new to the UFC and Last fight, he got, I think it was like his second knockout in the UFC. I'm thinking he does it again. He's got that old man strength now. Um, and if it goes to the ground, he's got he's got that jiu-jitsu. Jim Miller is a jiu-jitsu ace, wrestling stud. Um, I'm picking Miller in this one. And we'll see how it goes. But yeah, Miller for the win. I'm saying knockout. He's going to keep the ball rolling. And then he'll probably retire in two more fights. Crazy proclamation. And then finally, to kick the uh, main card off, I'm not even going to go on the, the prelims for this one. Kick the main card off. It's Joaquin Buckley versus Abdul Razik Al-Hassan. 
had to look to make sure I'm pronouncing it right because I have the pr pronunciation written down right here. Um, Abdul Razik Al Hassan versus uh, versus Joaquin Buckley. Joaquin Buckley, um, he's he's the dude that hit the spinning mule kick on Impa. Forget the guy's last name. He's fighting Eagle FC now. He's pretty good, but the guy caught his kick and he uh, spun around, hit him with a mule kick, and the guy stood there for a second and, went, and fell backwards, knocked out cold on his feet before he hit the ground. Um, Joaquin Buckley's an explosive striker with decent wrestling. Razik Al Hassan, he's a he's an extremely explosive striker, super heavy hands. Um, he's I think he won his last fight in the UFC, but he has had some trouble prior to that. I think Buckley's more well rounded than um, than Al Hassan, but it I'm gonna pick Al Hassan because Joaquin has shown that he can get knocked out. He's a beast. They're both beasts. If it goes to the judges, I'm picking Buckley, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Al-Hassan gets the knockout on Buckley. Just probably first round or early second round. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see. And that's all I got for you for the for the UFC Bellator and Bare Knuckle Fight Club events. Um it's going to be nice because you'll probably have to pick between BKFC and Bellator if you want to watch these events, but the UFC event's on at 4, so you'll probably have time to watch that and then switch over to the other card later of your choosing if that's what you want to do. And then I'm going to finish this beer, pour another one, and then we're going to get right into other news going on in the MMA combat sports world. Um... <laughs> I know that since the beginning I've been saying we'll talk boxing when it's going to happen. Um, all that I ever hear from boxing is Cambosos wants to fight, Loma wants to fight, Haney wants to fight, but none of them have a fight. We all want to see Loma fight. Loma would beat all these guys in that division. He lost to Tiafimo. He was injured. Loma's the best of all, the best of this time in boxing. Canelo is great. Loma's better as far as technical skill. Call me out on it. Go watch Loma's six or seven streak where he was beating world champions by making them stop between the fifth and the ninth round. I mean, dude is a monster. Sorry. Got sidetracked. That's all. Oh, and then Tyson Fury's working on Dylan White. Um, Dylan White, who the fuck knows? He'll get knocked out by Fury. Um, Usyk Joshua is supposed to be in the works. And then Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford are just a bunch of talk. It's just boxing's that's all it is right now is talk. Nobody wants to do it. So I'm going to drink this, and then we'll get back into MMA news. <sighs> Sorry. All right. So, MMA news that we got going on this week. First, I'm going to go ahead, Darren Till saga. Uriah Hall says Darren Till's scared to fight him. Till says, no, I'm not. Inbox me. We'll set it up. We'll fight. Um, I think that's actually a good matchup for Uriah Hall because Darren Till, he's a pragmatic striker. He'll wait on you. So is Hall. He's a little gun-shy, but once he gets his footing, he's going to fuck you up. 
spinning back kicks, gut, head, crazy strikes, super strong. I say he probably would finish Till, but Till says he wants to fight Sean Strickland. One, I don't know where he gets off with his recent record. Um, yeah, I mean, he's been losing a lot of fights lately. So, I don't know where, why he thinks that. Um, Strickland's been kicking ass, beating everybody. I don't know. Darren Till, fight Uriah Hall. You're both coming off a loss, I believe. Yeah. You lost to Brunson. He lost to Strickland. Um, and Hall's the striker you don't want to fuck with. I think Hall's right. I don't think Till wants to fight him because the upside is not as much as the downside. You get knocked out by Uriah Hall, you're probably out of the top 10. You beat Uriah Hall, and you'll probably be like 7, 8, 9. Um, so it's not a lot of upside for him. But... Who else are you going to fight? You've been losing all the fucking time. <coughs> Goodness gracious. I apologize. I do. Alright. Other news we got going on. Dustin Poirier says who he won't fight in the UFC. He says the door is closed on Conor McGregor fourth fight. Which makes sense. I mean a fourth fight is just... What the fuck? I mean I know the last one ended weirdly. But a fourth fight's weird. Don't do it. Trilogy is the most you should ever do, and that's a lot. Um, and then he also said he would never fight Colby Covington and in the octagon. He said it'll have to be in the streets or something like that. I think the reason he doesn't want to fight him in the octagon is because Colby would fuck him up. I know Colby's been talking a lot of shit, but Connor said some horrendous shit also. So don't tell me that you won't fight him in the octagon. Colby's a draw, and you guys could definitely sell that fight. I think Dustin just doesn't want it. My opinion, I could be wrong, but he says there's not a chance he will ever fight Colby Covington in the octagon, which also signals to me that he's moving up to 170 if he's even thinking that. Um, who knows? And then Israel Adesanya, right before the last card, um, I didn't get to talk about this too much or maybe at all in the last episode, but he signed a deal with the UFC that made him the highest paid combat sports athlete in the world right now, or close to it at least. I'm pretty sure he's the highest, and good for him. I mean, kind of boring fights lately, but dude's been dominating. He can sell fights. He talks shit. He talks good, and he stays active on social media and always in people's mouths. Speaking of being in people's mouths for Izzy, <laughs> yuck. Uh, Kaz Hazmat Shamayev, the beast out of Switzerland or wherever the hell he's from. I think it's Switzerland. He's saying that he would easily take out Izzy with his skills and his power. Same he would with Gilbert Burns. But and Henry Cejudo backs him up on that. He says that Hamzat's the one that beats him. Um very well could be. We still don't really know how well Hamzat takes a shot. I mean, Hamzat's not been in there in a war. He's just gone out there and fought these people that aren't on his level. He's definitely top-level dude, but what's he going to do against a Colby Covington, a Gilbert Burns, a Kamara Usman, moving up a weight class, a Robert Whitaker, an Israel Adesanya? I don't think that he does the same thing to those guys. I think that they 
the show a little more poison. Could probably pick him apart. And we don't know how his gas tank is either. So we'll have to see. He's definitely got some insane skills, insane power. But you just never know. Israel's takedown defense is unmatched. So that'll be a fun one when it happens like four years from now when Izzy's about to retire probably. Not that far. Maybe about two years from now. We'll wait and see, as I've been saying all episode. All right. Other things going on. UFC's working on Brian Ortega versus Yair Rodriguez. Uh, Yair's coming off a super close fight with Max Holloway. He lost it, but he was definitely super competitive in it. Brian Ortega, same thing with Volkanovski, lost it, super competitive. Um, Ortega's stand-up has gotten 10 times better since he joined the UFC, as most people do, do, does, is, was. Um, so we'll have to see how this fight turns out. I think that it's going to be start off being a little stand-up war. Ortega's got a chin, though, so as soon as he feels a little rocked, I think he's going to take... Yair down, and Yair's not going to get out of submissions like Volkanovski did. So I'm picking Ortega in that one if it happens. I'll go back to this episode. I will not ever not take Ortega in that, and just about anybody that he fights, I would not pick against him except for Max Holloway and Volkanovski because, I mean, he's like as close as it gets to championship-level material without being the champ. All right, and then speaking of Holloway and Volkanovski, Max Holloway's cleared from injury. I think I mentioned that an episode or two ago. Um, he offered to be the stand-in for Volk vs. Zombie at UFC 272. Volk said, I think he's faking his injury. You don't get to just skip the line like that, man. He didn't really because he's next in line. He's been next in line, and even when he lost to Volk the last fight, he still should have been the next fight because... There's no one on Max's level in the featherweight division. Um, Volkanovski seems like he tries to play the heel, and he's not very good at it. Real cringy, but he's a beast fighter. He's he's funny when he's not trying to be the heel. Um, I don't think either of the fighters would pull out, but why not put Max in there and let him bang? Because I think Max... Has a real good shot of winning it back. I thought he won the second fight, but it could have gone either way. Uh, I thought he won the first fight too, but after watching it over and over again, again, either way on that one. So it's going to be Volkanovski versus the Korean Zombie, and that's what we're going to go with. But if Max jumps in, fuck Volk, you're fucked because you ain't prepared for that. He's prepared for a pressure fighter like Zombie. Anyways, moving on. Yoel Romero's got his next fight booked against um, Melvin Manhoff. Manhoff? Is that? Yeah, May 6th. Melvin Manhoff versus Yoel Romero. And um, everything I've been seeing online, the forums, the groups on Facebook, the everything, Yoel's going to kill him. Well, guess what? People were saying that about Yoel versus Phil Davis, and he didn't. 
Yoel was a beast in his time. Goodness gracious, these burps just keep on burping. Um, beast in his time. He seems real tentative now. I don't know if it's because of the eye injury that he suffered against Whitaker. He just hasn't seemed the same. Um, he definitely has all the skills to put it on Manhoff and dominate him. But I'm I'm thinking it's going to be an upset. Manhoff wins, and then Yoel re will retire. And I think it's going to be a real boring fight, kind of like the Izzy versus Yoel fight, where he's just standing there with his hands up, walking forward, waiting on him. So I got Manhoff in that one. Probably the only person in the world that's picking him. I'm going to put money down on it just in case Manhoff wins. I'll probably make a lot. All right. And moving on, more Bellator news. We have uh, Chet Congo and Ryan Bader conversating, or at least uh, Chet Congo conversating. He said that he is going to murder Ryan Bader. He thinks that Bader ran from him in the first fight, and that's why he poked his eye and the fight stopped. Who knows? I think Chet Congo wins the fight, but... I change my mind every couple days, so who who really fucking knows? I'm going to murder you are strong words, though, and that usually comes out of the mouth of a loser. It seems like a person that doesn't have the skill, and I think Congo does. Congo's been doing pretty, pretty damn good in Bellator. We'll have to see, but I think Congo wins it. Could be Bader. Bader looked really good. In his last fight, he showed that championship spirit. And if it if it's a fight like his last fight, then I don't think that Congo has a chance because I don't think Congo has the endurance. Or he's got endurance, don't get me wrong. But I don't think he has the endurance to keep up with Bader at the intensity that Bader goes after it at. Bader just, he he's a guy that wants it. And sometimes that's what you need is just that drive, that want to win. So, Ryan Bader, check Congo. I'm picking Congo by knockout, but the more I talk, I think I want to pick Bader. I don't know. Talk to me on talk to me on fight day, or at least fight week. And then another Bellator door. Kat Zinganu versus the Chris Cyborg saga. Um, Scott Coker said that. Kat Zingano is the next person to fight Chris, and there's no question about it at all. Um, Chris Cyborg said Kat Zingano turned down the fight. Zingano says that Cyborg is uh, avoiding drug tests, and that's why she turned down the fight. So we're not sure what's happening there. We know that Zingano's next fight, I didn't get the name, but it's not against... Chris Cyborg, so who knows who Cyborg's going to fight next, I don't know why it wouldn't be Zingano, um, other than Cyborg's the best in Bellator by a pretty wide margin, she would be number two in the UFC, it's just, it's a weird situation, it kind of reminds me of the uh, Geraldine What's her first name? Randamine. Randamine's thing where she wouldn't fight Cyborg because of the drug test also. Um, I don't know. I'd like to see who fights 
Cyborg next because Zinganu isn't, and there's not a lot of studs at the women's featherweight division in Bellator. All right, and then Alexander Gustafsson, he's making his comeback. He's fighting heavyweight against Ben Rothwell, May 21st. Gustafsson has looked real just kind of going in the motions his last couple fights. Rothwell, he got a knockout in his last fight against, or maybe it was submission. Fuck, can't think about it now. It's a long show. Um, submi submission or knockout, he beat... Uh, Chris Barnett in his last fight, he looked good. He's he still got it. His chin looks like it's still there for the most part. Gustafsson's chin does not look to be there as much. Um, we'll have to see how it goes, but I'm picking Rothwell on that one. Gustafsson said that he's getting inspiration from Glover Teixeira, seeing him win the light heavyweight title. You know, Glover's been putting in the work and been dominating a division. And I don't think Gustafsson's got the build or the or the fight style to fight at heavyweight. He's definitely better suited for light heavyweight. I just don't think the weight cut works for him as well anymore. So we'll have to see on that. And then the last little bit of uh, MMA news. We have Kayla Harrison talking... That one PFL talks where she said it, they're the front runner. It's pretty much a done deal. That's hit a snag. So now she's back to being a free agent, and uh, she said she's weighing all options. Also talking about moving down to bantamweight, one thirty-five. She says that Juliana Pena is the one that she wants to fight. It seems like, at least from what I read in her interviews, um, I don't know. I think Amanda Nunez and Valentina Shevchenko are still the ones to fight, but that's a that's a good way to get yourself in the UFC after the Ultimate Fighter's over and they fight again. If Pena does manage to beat Nunez, that's a great way for Harrison to transition into the UFC. I don't know if her striking is going to hold up against Pena. Not not that Pena is a tech, tactical striker or anything, but she just moves forward and. Harrison kind of fights with her chin up. She's been fighting trash cans, so she gets away with it, but I'll have to see. I, I think she'll end up at PFL still. It's just, like I said, we will have to see on that one. That's all we have for MMA news. Last thing I want to go over, actually, two more things that I want to go over. First, fights I'd like to see this year. I'm going to go over five or six of them. I don't know how many I have here. Um, Bobby Green versus... Sh no. Yeah, Bobby Green versus Tony Ferguson I think would be a great fight. Imagine the talk in that fight, all the shit talk. Um, Tony's definitely got him beat on the ground game. Bobby's got him on the stand-up. That would just be a good, a good matchup for Tony and a good matchup for Bobby Green depending on where the fight ends up. And Bobby deserves a top 10 fighter. That That's a fight I'd love to see. I think it's a good a good stylistic matchup. Kevin Holland versus Sean Strickland. Kevin Holland says he thinks Sean Strickland will lose a fight. 
either his next one or the title fight, and he'd be a great rebound fight. And once again, imagine the shit talk in that one. Kevin Holland doesn't shut the fuck up in the ring. Sean Strickland loves to talk shit in the ring. I don't know who would win because they both have great striking and very different striking. I Actually, I think even though Sean Strickland's on the tear he is, I think Kevin Holland would win that fight just because of the way he fights. His striking is, to me, better than Sean Strickland's. His striking is nuts. Um, yeah, that would be an awesome fight to see. So, Tai Tuivasa versus the winner of Volkov versus Aspinall in London. Um, another super fun fight. Volkov's going to try to pick you apart. I think that Tuivasa would sleep Volkov. Maybe. It's got to be a three-rounder, but Tuivasa just has that it factor. Asphanol, him and Tuivasa go at it. I think Tuivasa is going to get pieced up and then land a strike and get the knockout. I mean, he's just got that it factor with that right hand, with that elbow. Dude, dude will sleep you. He's got some heavy hands. Two more that I would have to pick one of. It would be Kamara Usman versus Israel Adesanya. Or Yuri Prohaska versus Israel Adesanya. So uh, the first fight would be Kamara moving up to 185. So Israel has the weight advantage in that one. And that would be a fun matchup. Kamara is primarily a wrestler, but he has some great striking. I don't know if it could hang with Israel's. But if he gets the takedowns, he would force Israel to show out his striking instead of waiting like he's been in his last couple fights and just landing when he needs to. Um, and then with Yuri, Yuri's going to have the size advantage. He's not cutting down to 185. Israel's going to have to move up again. And Yuri's got such an awkward... Oh, goodness. Let me empty this. I apologize for all the burpity derps. Israel, Yuri, both super awkward strikers. Yuri's going to have the size advantage in that fight. You saw what he did with Dominic Reyes in a striking affair. Um, he's Yuri's a different beast. And I think that he would probably... Prob know what? Lock it in. If they fight, Yuri would knock out Israel Adesanya. Dude's strong. He's got awkward striking, and Israel's not going to be able to catch his punches and hold him off like he does other dudes. If you watch him when he's fighting, a lot of times people come in, he just kind of puts his hands out like this and mutes the punches even if they hit him. They're catching him on his hand, and it slows him down, makes him not hurt near as bad. Um not going to be able to do that with Yuri because they're coming from real weird angles. He has his hands almost down at his knees, hips area, and then he's thrown from there. So those are two fights either or I'd love to see. Probably the Yuri fight more because Yuri's such a explosive fighter. But we'll have to, like I said, we'll have to wait and see. And finally, fight I'd love to see. Everyone would love to see. It's been talked about for 
two years, I want to say now. Jones versus Ngannou. Make it happen at the end of the year after Jones and Stipe fight, unless Stipe puts it on Jones. But make it happen. The best light heavyweight versus the heavyweight champion. It needs to happen. That's that's all you can say about it. Jones has been out for so long. How's he going to fare at heavyweight? Can he take Ngannou's punches? Can Ngannou deal with Jones' skill set being one of the best in every single classification of mixed martial arts, wrestling, striking, jiu-jitsu. I mean, dude's a beast in every category. His samba is, like, he seems to employ samba when he does his little step-around takedowns and everything. He's a beast. Um, yeah, make the fight happen. Let's get Ngannou fixed up and just make it happen. And then last thing I want to talk about and then we'll get moving on and let you go for the night. Um, and I appreciate everybody that's tuned in, if you tuned in for the whole episode. But last thing I want to talk about is Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul saga. Uh, Logan Paul says Floyd has not paid him yet, and he's going to file a lawsuit. That's why you don't do exhibitions, because there's no athletic commission involved, baby. But Floyd Mayweather says that Logan Paul is just mad because the money comes slow. You get an upfront payment of a certain amount, and then uh, after that, you got to wait on the pay-per-view points. And his team's probably not going all that fast because it's not Money Mayweather that promoted it, I bet. Just Floyd doing Floyd things. I don't know. But... What I do know is I appreciate anybody that's tuned in, watched the whole episode, or even part of the episode. I'd appreciate if you like, comment, and subscribe at the bottom. If you're listening on Spotify, um, thank you. This is the first episode that goes straight to Spotify. We've drank a good bit of beer tonight, and we've had a good bit of fun. So thanks for tuning in. Let me know your thoughts in the comment section if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, message me on Facebook at Blood and Beer Combat Sports or post on our page, ask to join. Um, yeah, I, I appreciate each and every one of you, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and chug one more brewski for the rooski, and then we'll get going. This IPA foam is not like a not like a bush light foam from the from back in the high school days where you just rub your greasy face and rub it in it and good to go. But here we go. I'm sorry, that's all I got for you. That is all I got for you. Thank you for tuning in. You have a great night, and I appreciate you.